success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible Podcast. And we have one of my amazing friends here with us today, the incredible, invincible Deb Lucash. Oh my gosh, you guys, Deb is a sales director with a leading direct sales company specializing in uh, beauty. She has been uh, doing that for just 21 years. She has been very consistent in her business, uh, completed a national court in sales 17 times. She's earned trips. She earned trips to Puerto Vallarta, to Nashville, Tennessee, Dallas, Texas. And also in 2017, she was number 18 in sales in her entire division. Oh my gosh, please welcome Deb Lucash. Deb, it's so great to have you here with us today. Hi, Cami. It's great to be here. It's so exciting. Yes. And oh my gosh. So I am just so excited for you to share uh, with our listeners. I don't think we've had anybody in direct sales uh, on the show yet. So this is such a joy. And so um, let's do this. Let's tell our listeners, like, who are you? How did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Okay, so I went to school, I went to college, got my degree in psychology. I also um, got certified, registered, licensed for dental assisting, got my x-ray license, and I started working in an orthodontic practice. And here it is, 42 years later, I'm still at the same practice. I love my job. I was never looking for anything else. I wasn't you know, a lot of people look for other jobs, other opportunities because they hate their job and they want to leave. Well, that was never my intention. I was introduced to a great product that I started to use and it was wonderful. I loved it. I used it for a few years and then lost the consultant and so stopped using it. Didn't know that I could find another one. And maybe five years later, I was reintroduced to that product. And that time at the party I was at, the person said something about personal use consultant. So I thought, hmm, that would be a way that I could get my own product and I didn't need anyone else. So I decided to try it. At the time, um, I was taking care of my elderly parents. They were living with me. And so I was busy. I, like I said, I wasn't looking for anything else. I had no intention of doing anything with it. But, you know, things change and, you know, I was enjoying the product and I it just has blossomed from there. So sometimes when you're least expecting it, right? Something shows up yes. and, and grabs you. So yes. tell us what makes you invincible? Um, I think I have overcome a lot of things in my life, in my personal life, in my business, 
and just in general. And I think the one thing that makes me invincible is I don't give up. I try and find a plan B and just to work around things and just to keep going and not stopping. And that I feel invincible because I never give up. And that's so true. Like the only time you um, fail is, it, is when you give up, when you stop trying. And so all those other things, they just lead to success if you just keep going. I love that. So this is so fun because you have been like just looking at your bio and, you know, sharing you with our listeners. 17 times you were in a high court in sales with your direct sales business. And that is so impressive to me because, you know, anybody can do it once or twice, but to do it consecutively 17 times is amazing. So I want to stay there a little bit and talk about that. I think that there's a lot of wisdom in that, that you could share with our listeners today who, um, you know, have a goal to do things and be more consistent. So tell us about that. Okay. So I think I'm not a salesperson. I don't consider myself a salesperson. Salespeople sometimes come off pushy and people can see through you if you're fake, if, you not, if you're not really trying to help them. And I think that's something that I have is that I love the product and that comes through. And in turn, I love my customers. I want my customers to have the best value for their money. I want them to love what they're using. I don't want them to buy things just because I want to sell it to them. I feel like I won't sell people things that they don't need. I tell them, you don't need that. And I'm consistent with my follow-up. Um, not to the point where I'm annoying because you can, there is that fine line where you can be annoying, but I follow up with my customers, make sure they're happy with their products, make sure they're using it. Um, I, I gift them. I give everyone a gift with every purchase and they love it. They, I, sometimes I think they love the little gift thing better than the product that they're getting. It's, it's just that customer service. You, you have to treat your customers as if they're gold because they are, because if you're not good to them, if you don't deliver your products on time and, you know, really give them what they want, they're going to look elsewhere. Because there's a lot of people that they can buy from, but they, they need to know who you are. They need to know that your heart is in it, that you're, you don't walk in to meet them with dollar signs in your eyes. I think that's really important that their well-being is my top concern. And I, I just feel like I have excellent customer service. And that's something that I have customers that have been with me for 21 years. And they wouldn't think of going anywhere else because I treat them great. And that's the... I think that's the bottom line is that they're more important than anything else. And, and I keep um, inventory on hand so that if someone has a need and like an emergency that they need something immediately, they get it right away. I don't make them wait weeks to get their product because I'm able to do that. Like I have that benefit that I can do that. And, and I just, I, I find out about my customers. I know about them. I mean, I've been through marriages, births, graduations, everything with them, with, you know, health, when they've been healthy, if they've been sick, if I know that my customer is going through a rough time, I'll send them a card, just something to pick them up. Or, or I, you know, I celebrate their birthdays with them. I, you know, it's just that extra, the, and then some, I think it, what it is, is that just, you know, they become like, like some of my customers have become friends 
because I just know about them and they know about me too. So it's just, it's a two way street and I just feel like it's the customer service. That's the key to everything. So do you have sales and things like that throughout the year? Uh, I, I don't have a lot of sales. I don't believe in putting the product on sale all the time because to me, I know that I am selling a great product at a good value. I feel like if you constantly put your products on sale, you're diminishing the value. You're telling people that this product is, I think it's too expensive and you need to have it on a sale. So I do two sales a year. I do a um, end of my seminar year sale and then I do um, like at Christmas time a sale. And the one thing that I also do is for my customers, I send them a New Year's card and in it is a coupon for them to use as a thank you for them to continue to be um, my customers. So no, I don't have sales all the time. But you do have things in place that, you know, that you can appreciate them uh, for being your customer. And that I think is what brings them back. Cause that was kind of a question was like, what are you doing to keep all these loyal customers for all of these years? So I think you just really sum that up. Awesome. You know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we always, we promise our listeners that we are going to bring in uh, fierce female entrepreneurs that are doing great things in the world and have achieved success, but have also overcome many obstacles along the journey. And so we promise to share the success and the tips to help other people, but we also promise to share the journey to let them in on the things that we don't talk about all the time so that we can encourage them because most likely there's lots of other listeners out there that are going through things, especially right now with this pandemic. And, you know, it is highly likely that they're feeling each day like, oh, is it worth it? You know, should I give up? It's probably easier to give up. And so we're here to encourage them today. So we're going to do that through some stories. And so the first story that I would love for you to share with our listeners is a good story. So could you share a story with us that was just a really good story that would encourage our listeners? Sure. Okay. So when I started my journey in my um, direct sales business, like I said, I had no intention of selling this product, nothing. I was doing it for me. It was all for me. And um, I, st I started going to, they had these meetings and events and I started going to them because it was like a weekly meeting and it was two hours that I could go and it was for me. It was, you know, to get me away from my mom with Alzheimer's, you know, which it, it would, took me out of that caregiver role for a couple of hours. And I was with positive people and people that were happy celebrating things. And, you know, I just went just to see. And I started to see that people were selling. They were, you know, making different amounts of money at parties and stuff. And I just looked back at them and I thought, wow, I could do that too. So I started to sell. And the funny thing is, is that I could sell, you know, I never really thought I was a salesperson. So, and I started selling and I started selling big amounts. Well, the company has, like you mentioned, the national court of sales and you have to sell a certain amount in a year. And 
I was probably in maybe about six months and maybe there was like about six months left of that seminar year. And I was told that I could do this national court thing. And I thought, Oh, really? How could I do this? Well, I sat down and I figured out the numbers cause I'm a numbers person and I figured out what I needed to sell and what I needed to do. And I really made it a goal. I put that goal in front of me and you, you can pick a piece of jewelry that you can win and, and you earn from doing this. So I, you know, I really started to focus on it and just kept selling and selling. And within my first year, and it wasn't even a full year that I worked on it, I attained the national court of sales and it was really a huge goal. And it was like, wow. So, you know, like I, I could do this thing. And that's really what got me in to working it as a business. So without that, I wouldn't have, you know, I would have just gone along, bought my own things and that was it. But because I saw the bigger picture and I saw the sisterhood and the friends and all that stuff, and that really pulled me in. And that's when I started to make it a business. So would you say that like being connected with that positive group is what uh, really inspired you to want to do more then? Yes. Yeah. Because there's something in community, you know, with community, when you see other people and actually when you have other people that want to help you, it's very different, but in direct sales, it's totally different. People are excited for you when you're accomplishing something and you see that that positiveness and, and everyone being happy. And, and it's great to get out of, you know, for me to get away from the sad part, what I was dealing with, with my mom to go for, you know, it was like my take, take me away for a couple of hours into a whole different world where I could be happy and I didn't have to think or worry about anything. And I could just enjoy myself. And that's what really did it for me was being with other like-minded people and people that were building me up. Yeah. So that's great advice. Uh, and congratulations, because that's a great story. But what great advice to other people that are in direct sales that maybe aren't connected, they're not getting connected with that community and they're not feeling that and maybe they're not reaching their goals. So step one, right, would be get connected. Yeah. And, uh, and that can make a huge difference. So that is awesome. Thanks for sharing that. So we have to talk about the band. Okay. So I know, I know. So, um, so do you have a bad story you could share? I do. <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess I was in the, the direct sales for maybe about three years and I decided that I wanted to promote myself to a, a higher level, um, where I could reach more women, help them be a mentor. So I, um, became a sales director and I was a sales director, I guess, you know, maybe five or six years when I kind of felt like, you know, I had a lot of great years. I had a lot of great things, earned a lot of things. And um, I, I think I was kind, kind of losing a little bit of the enthusiasm. Maybe things weren't going the way that I wanted them to go. And I got to the point where I knew that I needed to change something. And what I needed to do was step down from my directorship. And that's, it's not an easy thing to do because in a way you feel like you're letting down a lot of people. But for me, it was something that I needed to do in order to feel better, to kind of like, I, I think I needed to take a step back to regroup and see if this was something that I really wanted to do and I really wanted to continue to do. So I stepped down from my directorship but the one thing that I have to say that I did that 
I think is different from a lot of other people is I did not hide. A lot of people, when you step back, you know, you, you're going down, you know, you're not going up, you're going down. And when you go down, a lot of people feel like they need to hide. They need to go run away and hide and they don't want to see people because they're embarrassed or whatever. Well, yeah, there is that, like, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to be doing, but I, I knew, like, it wasn't a surprise to me. I knew what I wasn't doing and I knew it, I needed to change and I needed to do something different. So I decided that I was not going to run away. I was going to stay visible and I was going to be there and I was going to be an example for other people to follow. And I did just that. I just, I didn't even take a step back. I just continued, you know, the next week when I went to things, I went in a different, you know, I was at a different level. I was at a lower level and, but it was okay because I think if I had hid and, you know, stayed away from things, I don't think I'd be where I am now because you lose something. But I felt like I needed to stay connected and I needed to stay, you know, visible and to continue to do things and continue to work my business. And that's what I did. I, I continued. And it was, I guess, about a year and a half after that, that I decided I was ready to pursue it again. And with the help of great friends and people to be there to um, lift me up and to, you know, kind of rah-rah me, you know, you can do this. Um, I was able to become a director again. And here I am, it's nine years later. And, you know, I'm back up there doing what I need to do. And it was just a point in my life when I needed to take that step back so that I could take the step forward. That's amazing. Wow. So, yeah, so, so many things we could unpack here, but the one thing <laughs> that I will say is, you know, isn't it interesting how we're always thinking that other people are watching us and thinking what we're, you know, that like they really care what we're doing and we, <laughs> we build all that up and then wouldn't you agree that like nobody really cared what you were doing anyway? Yeah. It's like in our minds, we're like legends in our own minds. We're like, what are they going to think? And what are they going to say? Nobody cares. They're also busy worrying about their own self, right. their own businesses and, and what they're doing. So I think that that's interesting. And you kind of prove that in, in the fact that you stepped away and you stayed present and nobody said anything, right? Or did anything or treated you different. And then you step back in and it was still the same. You know, the things are still carrying on. The world is still going on, uh, no matter what you do. And no one else is paying attention. But we we base our decisions so many times on, you know, not doing something or doing something because of what people think or say. And man, what, what, what a relief to know <laughs> they don't care. They're not even paying attention to us. Oh, that's great. Well, that is such great wisdom and, uh, an encouragement to other people who are maybe going through that. Um, so now we got to go to the ugly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's never easy. It's never easy to go through the ugly. It's never easy to talk about the ugly. But what is so great about the ugly is that we know that if we can use our stories to help encourage other people, then it is worth having gone through it. Isn't that true? Yep. And yeah, and so as hard as it is, and I know for myself, even when I go through hard things, um, not and I mean, I've not been through half of what you've been through. Uh, but when I've been through hard things, uh, I do realize like someday somebody's gonna, you know, benefit from this and that somehow makes it okay. So mm -hmm. let's talk about 
the ugly, the ugly on the journey that you had to experience. Okay. So things were going along pretty great. And then we got that um, cancer diagnosis. <clears throat> My husband was diagnosed with stage four uh, stomach cancer. And um, of course, at that point, it was, you know, you've got months and that's it. And it's kind of like it hits you and it's like, uh-oh, you know, what do we do now? So, um, of course, I went into mode where um, I had to find a place where we had to see someone. We had to go, like, I, I kind of like, um, I'm like the takeover person. Like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go here and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do whatever we can. So I went into that mode where we were doing whatever we had to do to, you know, make him comfortable, do whatever. Because, you know, you get the diagnosis and it's stage four and, and, you know, like there are people that do make it. So you never know. You have to have that hope. So I kind of just, everything was about him, taking care of him. And the great thing for me was, you know, I'd been at my job for how many years? And so I was able to leave, to go with him to chemo, to do what I needed to do. I, I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to, you know, my boss was great. I mean, he was like, you do whatever you have to do. And I did. And the thing with my direct sales business is because I took such good care of it and I had the great customer service and I took care of my customers and I worked my business when I could work my business, when I couldn't really work it, it still survived. It, it worked. I mean, I still got orders. I still had great months. I still did everything that I needed to do to make that work. And I was able to spend as much time as I could with my husband. Like I was able to go on a Monday and sit with him for eight hours while he was having his chemo and just sit there and not have to worry about anything else and to do things, to go places and do things that we wanted to do. So, and even in all of that, I still completed national court of sales that year. And that's it was, amazing. you know, I, it, and that's only because of everything that I've done before. It's like, you know, people look at things and they think, Oh man, she did that. Yes. But that was how many years that was like, 15, 16 years of working, cultivating customers, having a business that could survive. So that's the, that's a lesson for everyone that things don't come easy. And in order to reap the benefit when you need, you have to work when you can, because there's going to be a time when you can't work, but it can still carry you through. And that's with everything with me, with my full-time job and with my business that I was able, because I took care of it. I didn't let it go, you know, like, or have that, I don't feel like doing it now so that I was able to, and it was the help with all of my, um, consultants and everything that in my direct sales business, they were there for me to support me, to help me in any way I can. And that was a time when I stepped away from going to events and going to, um, anything that was going on because I needed, I felt like I needed to spend the time with him and, it, you know, it all worked out. And now it's, it's like five years since we went through all that. And I'm still here. I still have my business. I have my job. And because of that, I am able to keep it up and keep going and keep working my business. And, you know, I've made excellent, amazing friends along the way and the people for there to support you. So it's the one thing that I have to say is, 
you work when you can because you never know when you're not going to be able to. And you're still going to need, like if, if that was my sole income, it still would have survived through that time because of the work you do ahead of time. So that's the one thing is that I would like to get across to everyone that, you know, work it when you can and do give it a hundred percent and do everything you can because it will repay you back a hundredfold. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. So I know this because we're friends and I know that your husband did pass and that has, you know, been very sad, but I know also that you're so grateful that you have, as you mentioned, like friends and, and people in your life that have supported you and lifted you up and, you know, come alongside of you in this time. And I think that's so important. It's such a power. It shows the power of having that tribe, those, those positive people, um, like you talked about. And Mm -hmm. I think it's amazing that you were able to continue to achieve those high levels, um, and not skip a beat. And you're right. That is in direct proportion to, all of the work and the consistency that you had had all of those years prior. And I think that that's just amazing. So I don't want to shift, but I do want to, I want to, you know, kind of ask you a couple of questions. Um, you know, there may be women out there right now who's maybe gotten their own, you know, not so good diagnosis or, or maybe their spouse um, got a bad diagnosis. You know, do you have any, uh, thoughts or wisdom around that? Like, what do you do? What's the first thing you do? What don't you do? Like, how, and, and here's the other thing. I mean, we could go all day on this because I feel like this is a really good place for a lesson is what, what should people not do? Right? Like, you know, what was helpful to you as you went through that? Like you said about having the support and the friends, what were some of the things that people did that supported you that really meant a lot to you? Um, And then was there anything that maybe people shouldn't do that maybe happened? Okay. Um, So I'll tell you what people shouldn't do. Um, And and it depends on you, but I'm a very private person. I don't like to um, have everything out there for everyone. And I didn't share his diagnosis with a lot of people because I did not want people calling me up doing the, oh, you know, you get those people, you know how they do their, the eyes, they look at you and the head tilt, like they feel so sad for you. Yes, it's sad, but you know what? You don't want to think about that. Like, I don't think I thought about, oh, this could be three or four months. I I didn't think about that. I thought about, we're going to take each day and we're going to live each day fully and we're going to do whatever we can do. We're not going to sit here and go, oh my gosh, let's count this down. No, we're not because we don't know. You know, you could, you could get a diagnosis that you've got four months to live and you could live years. It's happened to people. It doesn't matter. So don't waste time on self-pity. Don't feel sorry for yourself because you know what? When you look, there's always somebody that's worse that has it really worse. So you have to cherish what you have and just take each day and live it to the fullest. And when you're done, you will not have any regrets. You'll have happy memories and you'll know that you did everything you could possibly do. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome (laughs) advice, Deb. Oh my gosh. And I know it's not easy to get through that because it is such an emotional thing and that never goes away, but man, that is such great advice. And what should people, um, 
what did people do uh, that that helped you? Like what kind of support was really important that you maybe look back and think, I don't know how I would have got through it without this. So was there those types of things? Mm -hmm. I think um, some people were really good with checking in with me just to say, how you doing? Not in a sad, how you doing? Just like, how you doing? Or um, just like telling me of funny things that happened or not making it be sad all the time. Being there if you wanted to talk and knowing if you didn't want to talk, they knew just to not talk and, and to just be there. And it, it's kind of like um, some days you want to talk to people and some days you don't want to talk to people. And you just have to know that line and to know that people are there. If you need them, they are there, but they're not smothering you because there are some people that will smother you and that can be very annoying. And, you know, and, and it depends because if you, if you're the kind of personality that you want people with you all the time, that's, that, that's good for you. For me, that wasn't. Sometimes I needed time for me. And I, and I did, you know, like my friends did invite me to come to things and to do things. And if I chose to, I could. And, you know, if I didn't want to, they understood. So just to kind of know that you have that support, that people do care about you, they are thinking about you, but you don't need to, you know, they don't need to be there constantly or to keep looking at you with that face. And we all know what that face is, you know, that face, like they just, I, they're just so sad. And, and you feel like sometimes you have to make them happy. And it's like, no, I don't want to be making you happy. Just stop, you know, just, just, you know, I'm normal. I'm regular. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, you know, like, yes, I'm going through a lot, but I'm okay. I can do it. And I just need you to be happy. And I need you to act normal. Like some people don't know how to act normal. Like they're, they're afraid that if they say something to you, it's going to be the wrong thing. And it doesn't matter if, if, if I'm talking to you and I cry, it's okay. I need it to cry. And you know, like, and I don't want to have to like for people, you don't want to have to be the one that's the strong one that takes care of them. And I, I do have more of that personality where I have to be the strong one, you know, but once in a while you got to just let it go and just, you know, just act regular for people act like you would normally act every single day and that's what i think everyone needs i love that i love that oh my gosh that is amazing and i know you know when when people find out that their friend is going through a hard time you know most people like kick into that mode where they're like, I have to help. I have to help. I have to help. Right. But mm -hmm. like you said, like, don't smother me. Right. Or, you know, there are times when I don't want to be, you know, called or I don't want to talk or I don't want to visit. Um, and I love that. And I love that. And I love that this is part of what makes you invincible because you went through that journey and that was a really hard thing to go through. But here you are telling the story, sharing it with other people to inspire and encourage them if they happen to be going through the same. And oh my gosh, how amazing. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being invincible and for being willing to share your story with the world so that you could help encourage them. 
And you heard it from Deb herself, you guys. That's Deb Lucash. And uh, we're going to put a link in the show notes so you can find her. We definitely want you to reach out to her and uh, let her know that you heard her on the She's Invincible podcast. And, um, and she's here to support you too. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you are face down on the ground, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.